everybody. It is Pastor Chad. Today is Sunday, June 5th, 2022. Welcome to The Way, R122 Ministry, The Way Radio Live. Uh, glad to be back here again this Sunday. And the title of today's message is Lift Up Your Eyes. Uh, I'm continue, continually feeling the call to uh, just put out as much of a positive message from the Bible as uh, possibly can. Uh, it seems like every week we're just continually inundated uh, with more negativity, more darkness, uh, especially here in America with the shootings, uh, out of control inflation, fuel prices have gone through the roof. Uh, and all we hear about is doom and gloom, economic downturn, uh, but as I've stated before, as Christian believers, we do not have to get totally caught up and weighed down and depressed by all, by all the things that are happening in the world. It's very possible for us to maintain a very healthy, uh, joyous, spiritual outlook and uh, to actually take advantage of the dark times to shine with the light of Christ. So let's pray and we will get into today's message. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity once again to gather each Sunday online, brothers and sisters from so many different uh, places and parts of the world. And Lord, I just ask that you would open each heart and mind and spirit to your truth today, uh, to the power of your word, that you would comfort, edify, and strengthen believers. And for those that are still uh, wandering aimlessly in the dark, Lord, I just ask that you would pierce their hearts and their spirits with the truth of your word today and draw them to you. And we just thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So the title again, like I said, is lift up your eyes is the title of the sermon today. And I want to begin by looking at the way the scriptures explain the world and contrast that with the way the scriptures explain the life of faith in Jesus Christ. So let's look at a couple uh, verses, a couple portions of scripture that just paint a picture of those people, the world, those that are lost, who, who have not uh, been blessed through the message of the gospel to come to faith yet, that are still living according to the ways of the world. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, Sorcery, and remember that word sorcery in Greek is pharmakia, so it's where we uh, derive the English word pharmaceutical. So sorcery refers to uh, illicit drug use, as well as obviously uh, the, the classic definition of the word sorcery. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then let's look at 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. That verse from 2 Timothy is really just a, a snapshot of examples of really what we're seeing just constantly in American society through entertainment, music, movies, whatever it is. That is a picture of it. And then verse five, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, it's referring to what we witness again in so much of the modern church, an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. It says to avoid such people. Now let's contrast that with the life of faith in Jesus Christ. In Galatians 5, 22 through 25, Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And then in Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, Paul also writes, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What a radical contrast between those two verses explaining really what the world is, and then two portions of scripture giving us a picture of how we are to think and live and abide in Christ. It's just a powerful contrast that we see there between Christ and the world. Corey ten Boom has a very famous quote. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. And that's really what this message is about today. Lifting up our eyes, not focusing on uh, the insanity that's taking place around us in this world. Obviously, we have to be in this world, but Christ says we are in this world, but we are not of it. We are like uh, we're, we're aliens moving through this land as we look forward to the hope that we have in Christ to a much better place. In these times, it's easy to it's easy to be downcast, for our minds to be consumed with events happening in the world around us. We are constantly inundated with evil, fear, ignorance, hatred, confusion, and lies. And we've seen all of these things increase exponentially, especially since the beginning of 2020 when the, when the COVID hoax was implemented. And now what we've seen follow on the heels of that. We see a very uh, organized, concerted effort to, to instill a sense of fear and dread and depression in the human race. But again, as believers, we do not have to buy into that and be brought down by that. We must lift up our eyes. John 4.35 says, Do you not say there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the field, that they are white for harvest. In Luke 10.2, 
It says, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And Matthew 9, 36 through 38 says, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. John, Luke, and Matthew each convey this statement of the Lord in slightly different ways. John 4.35 again, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are white for harvest. Lift up your eyes. We have here the antidote to being distressed by the world and depressed by sin and hopelessness. What the eyes of the world sees as distressing, depressing, and hopeless, the eyes of a believer see as an opportunity for the message of the gospel to be the light of Christ in the darkness. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white for harvest. What does a believer see when they look on the fields? We see the harvest of the gospel. What do we see when we see the gospel? We see Jesus Christ. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Luke 10, 2. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Beseech the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord to send out laborers into his harvest. When our eyes are lifted from the darkness of the world and we have died to self and looked to Christ, what does our concern become? The cause of the gospel. The fields white for harvest inspire us to engage in the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By God's grace, the futility of looking to the world or looking within ourselves is cast away as our love for Christ brings us to our knees in prayer for the cause of his gospel. You know, one of the things that I talk about constantly is the fact that the world will tell us that the answer to all of our problems lies within us. You just have to find your true self. If that were true, it would have happened long, long ago. That lie has been around since the beginning of time. The truth to true joy, peace, and happiness does not lie within us. It lies in Christ being regenerated, recreated, born again in him so that we gain dominion over the sinful flesh and we begin to live in a spiritual way in him rather than in a sinful dark way that we were in when we were in the world without him. Matthew 9, 36 through 38, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest, distressed and spirited like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd have no one to follow. They are easy prey for wolves and impostors, unprotected from the evil of this world. A recent poll of American pastors revealed that at least 60% of them do not have a biblical worldview. Instead, they mix the word with the world. In reality, the percentage is probably, I would guess, over 80%. The modern church is largely made up of the lost being deceived by wolves 
and imposters. That seems shocking. Could 80% of the pastors be imposters? I believe so. Like I've said before, over the last 10 years or so, when I've sat in meetings with different solid Christian leaders, Christian pastors, and the topic of the, the sad condition of, of what the world sees as the modern church, the common consensus is that it, probably well over 90% of the modern church has no understanding of the gospel, has no understanding of who Christ is, and is dead in their sins and trespasses, believing in a false salvation that is not true. It's because of the neglect of the gospel for so many years and generations now. Like I've said before, my favorite pastor is Charles Spurgeon from the 1800s. He battled against what was called the downgrade controversy, where there was a, a concerted effort in Christianity at that time to stop preaching the whole gospel and to try to present something that was more palatable to a worldly taste that people would, would, would come to church to hear because it didn't offend them. The gospel offends. And it's just increased drastically in all the years since then to where we end up where we are today. For so many, distressed and dispirited exemplifies the spirit of the times in which we live. Without direction, people don't know which way to go. Bombarded by lies, people give up seeking for truth. What is the thing that has led to much of the insanity that we live in now, especially in America, that truth is relative? There's no. Uh, there's no real ruler of truth. There is no ultimate truth. Everyone just sort of interprets things their own way and develops their own truth. That's insanity, folks. You cannot function in a society if there is no guideline of truth. America grew and succeeded and prospered because it was built on uh, Christian principles. I'm not saying it was founded by Christians, but they understood that just solid godly principles could be the foundation that a society was based on, and it would guide and protect and keep that society solid. That's been pulled out from underneath us. The rug of truth has been stripped out from under our society, and that's why it is crumbling so rapidly now. Bombarded by lies, people give up seeking for truth. People don't even care anymore. Like I've said before, one of the reasons I no longer engage in debates online, people used to constantly ask me to, to join in these debates, people that were trying to defend, uh, you know, some kind of heresy uh, with my ministry, especially they were trying to defend Alcoholics Anonymous and celebrate recovery, trying to claim they were Christian. And even when you prove that they're not, that they are leading people astray, even when confronted with the proof, people don't care because they're not seeking truth. They're, they're seeking affirmation and promotion of their own opinions because they look at truth as relative. A huge problem. Surrounded by death and seeing no purpose, purpose people give up on life. Again, suicide rates, drug addiction, incest, rape, alcoholism, all of those things are increasing radically in our society because the rug has been pulled out. The truth of John 14, 6 is mostly ignored or completely rejected, not only in the world, again, but by most of the modern church. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. It is a common teaching in much of the modern church to claim that there are more ways than one to God, that salvation can be had in more ways than one. That directly contradicts John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life is what Jesus said. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This has been the case since the day Jesus spoke these words. The harvest of the gospel continues miraculously to God's glory in spite of seemingly overwhelming opposition. 
In spite of continuous attack and vilification from the world, the message of the gospel has reached the ears of the elect by the power of the Holy Spirit for over 2,000 years. Folks, we do not need social media. We do not need modern technology in order to share the gospel. We just need to share the gospel with the people that God puts in front of us. Remember that because there's so much emphasis now on big numbers, reaching as many people as possible. Now, I probably sound like a hypocrite because I'm recording this and it's being broadcast on on Facebook, which is a platform that I hate. And I have a podcast that it goes out on, you know, to thousands of people every week. Yeah, the Lord opened that door for me, but that is not how I look at the main focus of my ministry. When I really get excited and I feel like I'm doing the Lord's work, it's when he puts an individual in front of me that I can share the gospel with. I pray that these messages reach as many people as possible and that many will listen and come to Christ and be edified through what I preach online. But my point is if they turned off the internet today, the gospel would not stop. We don't have to have it. That's the point I'm trying to make. Beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Ministry, into ministry, into the harvest. The Christian life, our purpose is so easy to understand and clearly defined in Scripture. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven on earth and on earth. Go there, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As Christians, we are all engaged in the ministry of the gospel. Who is in ministry? All believers are called to follow Jesus Christ and engage in the cause of his gospel. We all, as the body of Christ, with differing gifts, engage in ministry, unified in the spirit of truth, supporting, encouraging, edifying, and strengthening one another. The work that I do here in America and in Kenya is not a one-man show. This ministry continues because the Lord has brought a small group of believers together with different gifts and talents united in the spirit of truth in the cause of the gospel. I am held up by the support, encouragement, edification, and strength that the Lord provides through the wonderful fellow believers that he has put around me. We are all equally engaged in the message of the gospel. We just are given different talents in how we do it. Every believer follows and serves the Lord in a unique and individual way. In John 21, 20 through 22, it says, Peter turning around, he was walking with Christ. This is after Christ's uh, resurrection. He says, Peter turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also had leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, and what about this man? Jesus said to him, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Do not buy in to modern cookie cutter Christianity. One of the most exciting things that we can pray about when we become new believers in Christ is what is our unique, individual, special way of following that Christ is going to bless us with? What does he want us to do? And again, because of technology and social media, so many people want to copy what they see others doing. Do what the Lord leads you to do. You know, my wife, she is not a preacher. She is not, uh, she does not do what I do, 
but she is uh, in many ways much more effective in ministry than I am because she works at a job where she is constantly helping people that are involved in a very tough work environment. And her thing that she does every day is she blesses them. She does everything she can to put a smile on every person's face. It's amazing how well she, she exemplifies what it is to live in a Christ-like way and to shine with the light of Christ in the environment that she's placed in each day. She is just as much engaged in ministry as I am. What is true biblical ministry? This is a very important question. It is misunderstood in much of the modern church. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Before I read about that, I just want to think about, again, because of the modern times in which we live, because of technology, because of social media, people are engaged in a lot of different things that they're calling ministry, but the gospel is really no part of it. Think about this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us what? The ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him." Genuine Christian ministry must be engaged in the ministry of the gospel in an attempt to bring reconciliation with God. We are engaged in a ministry of reconciliation. If you're not engaged in that, you are not in ministry. What is the purpose of Christian ministry? To share the gospel and carry out the Great Commission. Romans 10, 13, and 14 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? We are the means by which God works out his plan of calling those he has chosen for salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Who is the focus of Christian ministry? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and his gospel should always be the focus of everything we do. I'm not saying you have to go preach the gospel and, and cram it down the, the throat of every person you meet. But what I'm saying is when you get up in the morning, simply look at your life as an opportunity to further the message of the gospel in some way. That may be helping an older woman across the street. And praying that maybe if she doesn't know the Lord, that he'll open an opportunity for you to share the gospel with her. It may be witnessing to a, you know, a Mormon kid who's just lost in, in this, this dark cult coming to your door and trying to, to share their, their lies with you. And maybe he'll open that door to share the gospel with him. There's always those opportunities. But we don't have to, we just have to pray for the opportunity and rejoice when they come. Everyone is engaged in ministry. It may be the opportunity to support support ministries like I talked about. I could never do what I do without those that help me do it and have supported me through the years to continue to do the work that I do. It would be impossible if I didn't have people behind me helping me do it. And I'm not just talking about financial. 
a lot of times it's just the just knowing that those people are praying for me and supporting what I do gives me the strength to continue on because ministry is difficult. Because we are reconciled to God through Christ, God gave us the ministry of reconciliation as and has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation, the gospel. Romans 5, 10 and 11 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Representatives of God with a very clearly defined purpose. Christ represented the Father on earth. Christ's apostles and their successors represent Christ. Christ declared the will of the Father to mankind. We declare the will of Christ to the world. If we preach according to God's word, we preach by God's authority. What an awesome and humbling truth that is. Romans 12:11 says, "Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord." For our sake, Christ took responsibility, took the responsibility, took on the stain and filth that resulted from sin and bore the penalty for our sin. Christ never sinned even mentally not even a sinful thought. His every thought and action was according to God's will and to God's glory. Christ never broke even the smallest and most unnoticeable part of God's law. He never turned aside even in thought from God's perfect way. He was perfect and obedient even unto death on the cross. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christ knew no sin of his own. He took responsibility for it and bore the penalty of our sins for us. We who had no righteousness of our own were made the righteousness of God in Christ. What an amazing and profound truth. God's righteousness pours forth in and through his elect. This must be our visual representation of Christian ministry. So how do we rise above the darkness of this world? We lift up our eyes. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 2. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for your word, for the message of the gospel, and for the ministry of reconciliation. Pray, Lord, that you would strengthen, edify, uh, and bless each person that hears this message today and that will hear it through the video and through the podcast, and that you would do a mighty work through it in them. And again, for those that maybe don't understand what was preached today, that are still uh, looking for light in the darkness, that you would use your word today to pierce their hearts with the truth and draw them to you. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys. Uh, if you get a chance, please visit our website. Uh, let me share this on the screen again. Bring it up here. Uh, if you go to elephantwalk.net, uh, if you decide to make a purchase, just type 
Uh, and you want to get 10% off, just type the way, all lowercase, no spaces between the words at checkout. Uh, like I said, we do have some new projects going on on the business side of things. And uh, I keep trying to get things tied up and put all together, but there's so much going on that they continue to move forward. But I eventually will share more of what we're, we're doing on that front to help support the work of the ministry. You can find us on the web at the way, the letter R, 122.org. If you'd like to subscribe to the podcast or listen to the podcast, just go to Christian podcast, podcastcommunity.org, christianpodcastcommunity.org. Type the way radio in the search field. And we are now nearing 18,000 downloads on the podcast. So the podcast continues to grow. And I saw a statistic they sent me this morning from the uh, company that, that hosts the podcast. And they sa said that at least 88% of the podcast is, I forget the word they use, but it it's actually listened to. It's not people just tuning in for one or two seconds or a minute and then tuning off. They measure how many people actually listen to like 80% of the podcast episode or more. And we've got an 88% or higher rate on that, which is a very good thing because again, we're trying to share the gospel through this ministry. So if people are listening, that's a huge blessing. But the Lord has just blessed the podcast. We'll be over 18,000 downloads soon. So just pray that he continues to bless that effort. Uh, the sermons are published on the podcast, usually somewhere between Wednesday and Friday of the following week. Usually between Monday and Wednesday after I preach the sermon, we launch it on the uh, Rumble channel first. So if you missed it on Sunday or you want to rewatch it, you just go to Rumble, you search for The Way, R122. Uh, if you could, please consider supporting the ministry. We need all the help we can get. Uh, it's always a financial struggle trying to carry out a Christian ministry that's preaching the gospel. And if you'd like to support the work that we're doing, just go to the way r122.org and just visit the donate page. We would definitely appreciate it. And I just want to thank those that uh, support me. I've got this small group of people, family members that have supported what I do for quite a few years now. And they are just a huge blessing and inspiration to me and uh, the friends that support and uh, the more that help us, the more that we can do. So I just want to thank everybody that's, that's stepped up and, and helped us over the years and continues to do so. All right. We will be back here next week. Same time, same place, God willing. And uh, I just pray you guys have a great week and we will see you then. God bless.